Welcome to Health with Hashimoto's, a podcast for you if you are diagnosed with Hashimoto's, wondering if you might have thyroid problems, or you're at risk for this autoimmune issue because of genetics. Exhausted and overwhelmed, you long to feel like yourself again, but you don't know where to start. Welcome to the Exhausted Mom's Path to Whole Health. Hi, I'm Esther. I am a registered nurse, and after 17 years in emergency departments around the country, I grew fed up by the system that only looks at symptoms and slaps short-term band-aids on problems instead of helping people truly discover how to reclaim their health. I went back to school for holistic health, and I am here to help you discover your next step on your journey to whole health. Whole health is made up of body, mind, spirit, diet, and environment. Changes can be made in any of these areas to help you create better health. Each episode of this podcast will provide simple and true tips so that you could take action immediately. Let's dive in to today's topic. If you are like me, you don't want anybody telling you what you can and cannot eat. Therefore, I will not tell you what you can or cannot eat. But today we are going to talk about foods that could be making your Hashimoto's worse. Are there foods that if you avoid them, you could have a better health outcome? Yes, there are. So again, I'm not telling you any shoulds. I'm not saying that you need to change your diet as soon as you listen to this podcast. We're going to talk about how to plan for dietary changes, but I want you to have full autonomy. I want you to be able to know why should you make these choices? Why would you want to take these broad categories out of your diet? Will it make a difference? These are the things that we're going to talk about because when you go and visit a doctor or a practitioner and they say you have Hashimoto's, oh, by the way, you need to change your diet and for the rest of your life, you need to be off of these foods. Oh my goodness. The overwhelm, the stress immediately goes up. So typically there are four food groups that you are told that you should take out of your diet when you get a diagnosis of Hashimoto's. These food groups include gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar. But before we talk about why you might want to take these out and what benefits you would have, I want to talk about your gut. So the gut is everything from your lips all the way to your rectum. Your gut is all of the tube that your food goes through. It is essentially one long tube. In many areas of this one long tube that we call your gut, it is only one or two cells thick. It is super, super thin. If you took your intestines and you spread them out, it would cover the size of a tennis court. All just one or two cells thick. So your gut is this ginormous area that you get to take care of as a human being. Now, the first thing you can do to take care of your gut is make sure that you're pooping every day. Ideally, you should be pooping at least once a day. It should be soft and easy to pass. If it is not daily soft and easy to pass, you already know that you have work to do on your gut, on your digestion, on your microbiome, so the bacteria that live within your gut. Even if you are pooping once a day and it's easy and soft, you still have work to do on your gut because we know that with all autoimmune conditions, there is a gut component. There is always a genetic component 
a gut component, and at least one trigger. Those are the ingredients for an autoimmune disease. So we know that we have some work to do on the gut. Now, when you're talking about that tennis court area of super thin lining of your intestines, um, it can become leaky. Now, this is going to maybe blow your mind, but when you eat something, it's technically outside of your body. It's external. So that tube that goes within you from your mouth to your rectum, once some food is in there, yes, it's we can't see it. It's technically within our body, but it's not part of us until it passes through the gut lining, until it passes through into our bloodstream or where we can use it. As long as it's just sitting within that tube, it's technically external. But what we do not want is something that's not supposed to get into our bloodstream or into us. We don't want that passing through the gut lining. If something is able to pass through, then we say that you have a leaky gut. We don't want things to get through our gut that are not supposed to because generally they're too big and then your body creates a defense against it. It starts to attack it or it starts to tell your body that something's going wrong and then it screws up your immune system and then you develop an autoimmune disease. So we want everything to be kept within our gut that's supposed to be kept within our gut. The problem with eating certain foods is they are inflammatory and they're inflammatory in general. It's not specific to you. They're inflammatory for everybody. Sugar, for example. When you eat foods that are high in sugar, it causes inflammation within your body. Now, inflammation is not a good thing. We want to lower inflammation, especially when we're trying to get our immune system working as it's supposed to. So we want to be kind to our gut. And one way we can be kind to our gut is eating foods that are not inflammatory. Gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar are all very inflammatory. For some people, they react more than others. It is a good idea to go off one or all four of these for a period of time so that you can see how your body responds. Do you have to stay off for the rest of your life? That's up to you. You might reduce or eliminate some of these foods for 90 days, and then when you try to introduce them, you all of a sudden realize, oh my goodness, when I eat that food, I feel absolutely horrible. You might feel like nothing happens, nothing changes. Well, if it doesn't impact you, then maybe that food is fine for you. There is no one hard rule that says every single person needs to be off this particular thing. Gluten is pretty much an all or nothing thing. If you decide to give up gluten, you can't do it just halfway. Now, dairy, soy, sugar, you can reduce greatly and see how that impacts you. It's ideal if you take it out completely. But gluten, if you have even a little bit of gluten, it sets you back and you have to start over. So gluten, it's an all or nothing thing. Give yourself 90 days of absolutely no gluten to give it time to get out of your system completely and then reevaluate. For myself, I had to go off a whole lot of foods when my youngest was about four months old. He was covered head to toe with eczema. And you know, I wouldn't do it for myself, but I will do it for my baby. And I knew that whatever I was eating was causing his eczema. Eczema is usually a reaction to a food. It's usually an allergy reaction. 
I went off a whole bunch of foods, pretty much everything. And I could do it for him. When I went back on some of those foods, like gluten for me, I realized that it was horrible, that I could not handle gluten anymore. Every once in a while, like for birthdays, I would have a piece of cake or something, and then I would enjoy gluten for a day or two and then go off. But one time I tried long fermented sourdough when everybody was doing their homemade sourdough and I got on the bandwagon. I tried it and I knew that long fermentation for gluten changes the gluten molecules and a lot of people who can't do gluten can do fermented. So I thought, this is awesome. I'm going to try it. What happened was not that it lowered my migraine threshold like normal. It wasn't that I got, you know, a stomach ache like normal when I eat gluten. What happened was I got so depressed. All the way up until lunch, it was a normal day. I was fine. It was just like a fabulous day. I ate that lunch. I had that long fermented sourdough and it was delicious. And within an hour, I was laying on my bed wondering what in the world I was here for. I was so depressed. And as I was laying there wondering what was going on, why was I just feeling so absolutely depressed and unmotivated and sad, all of these depressive emotions, I realized the only thing that had changed was the gluten. For me, gluten causes depression. It might cause that for you too. It's worth keeping a log of how do you feel, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. How do the foods that you eat impact your health? When you're going through the Abundant Energy for the Weary Mom program, we take a couple weeks to just keep a diary of what we're eating. And I ask you to look at, you know, how you're pooping, how you're feeling, so that we can get that emotional and physical reaction to foods. We really want to know what we're eating and how it's impacting us. So again, the four things that are generally recommended to stay away from if you have Hashimoto's, they are the four most inflammatory food groups, and those are gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar. Now, if you say, yes, I don't feel good, I want to get my Hashimoto's under control, and I want to help heal my gut, I am willing to take these out of my diet, then I want you to plan for it. Don't just jump into it, because again, one of the biggest triggers for Hashimoto's or any autoimmune problem is stress. We do not want to increase your stress, because today you said, I'm going to take these things out of my diet, and then two days from now, you have no idea what to eat. That's stressful. It's stressful physically because your blood sugar is going down, as we talked about in the last episode, and it's stressful because you're just wondering, what can I eat? So before you actually make the change, make a plan. Now, this might be Pinterest for you, or it might be cookbooks for you. I don't know what it is, how you will plan best, but do what works for you and come up with some recipes hopefully things that you know you're going to like, you want when you're making a big change, you want some sure bet winners. So get some recipes that you know you'll like, get some recipes that you think look interesting and make sure that you have enough for at least one to two weeks so that you can rotate your recipes in and out and always have food to eat. Now, is there a specific diet that you should look for? Well, not really. You want to look for recipes that incorporate as many whole foods as possible, as many plants as possible, and enough protein. 
Now, do you have to go paleo or keto or Mediterranean or vegan, vegetarian? There's no one right answer. You have to do what works for you. And I'm going to emphasize that over and over throughout this podcast because you are the CEO of your own health. You know what's going to work for your lifestyle, for your preferences, for your family. You know what's going to work for you. When I went on my library's website where I request all my books, I typed in autoimmune and there's a whole bunch of cookbooks for autoimmune. So I looked through the selection, requested a couple, had them at the desk for me. So I walked into my library, gave them my library card, and they handed me this huge pile of books, cookbooks. And then I went home I looked through the cookbooks, got a couple recipes, because typically for me, I do not need an entire cookbook. In an entire cookbook, I'm going to find maybe one, two, maybe 10 recipes that I like, but typically I do not need to go buy a cookbook. You might like to buy a cookbook. That's totally fine. I like to have a whole bunch of cookbooks to look through, pull out some recipes, and then return the cookbooks so I don't have to fill my shelves. When you're looking at cookbooks, you can filter it by how there are how your food is cooked. Like you can get an instant pot cookbook or a slow cooker cookbook or a one pot meal cookbook, or you can maybe filter it through what type of diet. If you look at paleo, there's going to be no sugar, no grains, and no dairy. Same thing with whole 30. There's going to be no dairy, no grains, and no sugar. Typically with vegetarian diets, you're not going to have any dairy, but you might have a lot of uh, gluten that you have to filter out in your recipes. Uh, the Mediterranean diet has a lot of fresh foods, plant-based foods, and healthy fats. There's a lot of different things that you can look at in cookbooks. One of the biggest things that you're going to answer is, can you find it in nature? If you can find it in nature, it's probably going to be okay. Again, though, if you're trying to get rid of gluten, dairy, soy, and sugar, gluten, dairy, and soy are all found in nature, so is sugar. A lot of the foods they're in are super processed. So if you keep foods more plant-based, typically they're going to be less inflammatory. So those are some tips so that you can avoid the foods that might make your gut worse. And of course, when you have Hashimoto's disease or any autoimmune disease, you want to foster a healthy gut. You really want to focus on that. If you're not pooping once a day, focus on that first and then make a plan to get the inflammation down within your gut. Hey friend, I hope you loved today's episode. If you want to continue on a path to health, come join my program, Abundant Energy for the Weary Mom, where you will cut through the overwhelming information and follow a simple and sustainable path toward health. With support and encouragement, you will work in a strategic order to gain fast results that stick so that you can experience each day fully and make a positive impact on your family and everyone you encounter. Please help others find this show by rating and reviewing it in your podcast app or by sharing a screenshot in, of today's episode in your social media stories. Be sure to tag me on Instagram. You can find me at esthery.rn. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional. 